0: Welcome to another Heal Me Too podcast extra with performers from the festival's opening night which featured teens from Katie Cappiello's Good Cap Arts Ensemble and Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis High School's Smash Arts Productions. Our first performance on opening night was a movement storytelling piece titled Through the Eyes, devised and performed by Smash Arts under the direction of their teacher Elisa de Gregorio as part of a Roundabout Theatre Company residency with teaching artists Jason Jacobs Theatre and Nick Moore Sound Design using Lady Gaga's anthemic Till It Happens to You. The text they performed is from the transcript of survivor Emily Doe's testimony in the Brock Turner case and includes a description of her rape kit exam. These excerpts were recorded live during the students' rehearsal and performance at the IRT Theater, so you can hear all our cameras clicking away and sound quality varies slightly from clip to clip.
1: Even if the census is light, Hopefully this will wake people up. I want the judge to know that he ignited a tiny fire. If anything, this is a reason for all of us to speak even louder. Your Honor, if it's all right, for the remaining of this sentence, I would like to address the defendant directly. You don't know me, but you've been inside me, and that's why we're here today. You tell me it gets better, it gets better in time. had an icon pointed right into my spread legs. I had long-pointed beaks inside me and had my vagina smeared with cold blue paint shed vibrations. After a few hours of this, he let me shower. I stood there, examining my body beneath the stream of water, and decided, I don't want my body anymore. I was terrified of it. I didn't know what had been in it, if it had been contaminated, who had touched it. I wanted to take off my body like a jacket and leave it at the hospital with everything else.
0: Watch video of the Smash Arts Movement storytelling as well as their dance work at the following bit.ly link bit.ly slash 2 bit.ly slash hm2 spelled out 00 number 2. On opening night, Katie Cappiello's Good Cap Arts Ensemble followed Smash Arts Productions and shared a number of scenes from Katie's plays. Next, you'll hear 16-year-old performer Lola doing a monologue from Katie's play, The Naked Truth, which was recorded at Equality Now's 2016 Make Equality Reality Gala, where the piece was originally developed. After that, we'll hear from Good Cap Arts performers Caleb, Alfonso, Rayshon, Jordan, and Fred, talking about how working on and performing Katie's play, Now That We're Men, helps to change damaging ideas about masculinity. We were so lucky to have most of these wonderful guys perform scenes from the play on opening night. Both of these clips contain explicit language and frank talk about teen sexuality. First, here's Lola with Emma's story from Katie Capiello's play, The Naked Truth.
1: Don't you have any self-worth? How is it possible that you have so little respect for yourself? That's what she'll say when she finds out. And she'll stare at me waiting for me to answer. And then she'll tear up because she thinks she's failed at being a mom. And my dad won't even be able to look at me because he'll be too uncomfortable and disgusted, I guess. And then they'll shake their heads and say something like, this is so unlike you. This isn't who you are. You need to start thinking about what you're doing. There are consequences for your actions. I actually wanted to be freshman class officer, so I ran for vice president, but I lost, which is fine. My dad was like, Emma, I'm proud of you for trying, but why do you think Madison won? How was her speech? My dad helped me write my speech, so I just said, I don't know, mine was stronger. She's just a little more popular than I am. But. Actually, a week before the election, these guys in my grade created an Instagram list ranking the fuckableness of the five girls running for vice president. I was number three on the list, and Madison was number one. And in my heart, I really don't want to think that that affected people's votes, but in my head, I know it probably played a factor. And it's just so weird because all five of us got up and gave these great speeches in front of the whole grade and that didn't even matter. All that mattered was who was most sex-worthy. I wanted to cry all day because I really wanted to be fuckable. But then I was like, wait, why do I want to be fuckable? That's really twisted. But it's just reality. Because if a guy says you're fuckable, it means you're number one. And you matter. And you win in a way that a good speech can never get you a win. I don't even really know what it means to be fuckable. Madison's really developed her body, I mean. And she gets Brazilian waxes and doesn't wear a bra. Maybe that's it. I don't really know. Nobody told the teachers, you don't do that. If you do, you get the kids in some serious shit, and it also means you can't take it, which I can. I mean, I wasn't traumatized by the list. I I didn't sleep great that week, but not because I was like depressed, because I just kept looking at the picture they chose to rank me with and analyzing it. And every time I went to go do homework, my brain would literally pull me back to that picture and all the fucking comments. I just looked so stick thin and bony. There's just nothing stand out about me. I hate it. I don't know why I posted it. So the night that shit got bad, I was determined to not look like that again. I've known Tyler since middle school. He's on the track team with me and I'm kinda into him. And the other night he Snapchatted me and was like, hey number three, And then, yo, I'm playing. You shouldn't have been number three. I was so happy. I was like, thanks. And then he said, send me a nude. My heart started pounding, and I felt paralyzed, and my brain just felt so chaotic. I was like, okay, think, 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 think. Get yourself out of this. Don't be stupid. You're not sending this kid a naked picture of yourself. Then I was like, why not? I'm not a kid anymore. Why should I be ashamed of my body? And I'm so tired of working so hard to make the choices people from a totally different generation like my parents want me to make. And I'm tired of working hard and it not paying off and overanalyzing every little move I make and in the end, it not even mattering because to everyone, including this kid I like, I'm just number three. I'm not the freshman with the best 800 meter time. I'm the too skinny, medium level, not so fuckable girl. So I took my clothes off and stood in front of the mirror and took a picture and sent it to him. And I felt really good about it at the time. I was like, I'm sexy, I'm, you know, valuable. And then he said, I'd fuck you. I was really excited, and then I found out that he took a screenshot and sent it around to the whole school. Even upperclassmen have seen it. These guys in my gym class were like, Emma, you need to shave your vag if you want to get dudes. So, I don't know why I sent it, I mean, I guess I do. but it's not because I don't value myself or respect myself, it's because I wanted other people to think that I was worth something. Now I'm like a Kardashian, I'm a joke to everyone. I mean, I seriously wanna email Jennifer Lawrence and just say, J-Law, how did you deal with it when the whole world saw your naked body because I wanna die right now? And I can't say anything. Why would I? I mean, we just watched like, what, like, 15 women come forward and say something about what the president-elect of the United States had done to them, and it didn't even matter. They were publicly trashed, and now they might even get sued. So, how can I say anything?
0: don't be a pussy, don't be a bitch, boys don't cry. It's like basically you're telling me, like, don't feel. In Grand Theft Auto, right, you could, like, pick up prostitutes off the street, you could, like, fuck them, had them, like, suck your dick or whatever, and then you get out the car, and then you, like, kill them and get your money back. Like, that's harmful masculinity. When I was younger, I was a big crier. I was at football this one time and I got hurt really bad and I was crying and it was be a man. Like you got to man up, take this pain like a man. It was a game where if somebody took your hand and then they closed it like that and you didn't notice, you can't open your hand until you touch a girl's butt. Yeah. (laughs) You just have to know certain things. Being black, you have to watch porn. You can't be gay. If you don't like girls with big butts, then something's wrong with you.
1: This fake idea of masculinity hurts us. Hurts us to feel, hurts us to listen. It's not good for guys, it's not good for women, it's just harmful to everybody.
0: Ideally, in friend groups, you'd have somebody who stands up and says something, somebody who's brave enough to start a conversation, and that's not always the case.
1: It's easier sometimes to think that, oh, this person's a liar than to realize that, that this horrible thing happened, and I'm a part of it.
0: My parents brought my uncle to the play, and he's like, you said all that? You weren't afraid to say all of that? My friends, see this play, and we're
1: able to talk about stuff because it is this blueprint for, for our anxiety, for our fears. We're figuring out together what it means to be a man.
0: To watch this behind-the-scenes video with the teen performers from Now That We're Men, as well as the video of Lola's performance of Emma's story, go to bit.ly slash HMTOO002, bitly dot L-Y slash HMTOO002. While there, you can also join our mailing list to get news of future Heal Me Too Festival pop-up events and podcast episodes. Thanks for listening. Subscribe now to hear next week's episode with Survivor Advocates Amanda Burden, Nastya Gorodilova, and Eric McGriff on their work to heal the culture. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts or visit healme2podcast.com.